All right. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Charles Moskowitz here. It's a pleasure to be joined by Dr. Jerome Corsi. Dr. Corsi, of course, is a best-selling author. He's got an archive of articles at uh, WorldNet Daily and at Human Events. He is the host of his own YouTube program, uh, Corsi Nation, and he testified before, uh, with the uh, Mueller committee in a, in a book out about that, which is um, very insightful in terms of what was going on there. Dr. Corsi, thanks for joining me today. Always a pleasure to be with you, Charles. Thank you. I want to ask you about two things. The first one is the fact that the virus is, uh, according to the media, growing very rapidly and uh, could really reach uh, very high, even catastrophic proportions uh, by the fall of this year. And yet there continues to be this media blackout and this uh, major discouragement on the use of various legacy drugs that have proven to be helpful uh, in terms of saving lives, and that includes hydroxychloroquine. What is going on with that right now? Well, we just published a uh, ebook, a free ebook, on uh, CourseyNation.com on the hydroxychloroquine. It has the uh, research of three very prominent MDs, uh, Dr. Zelenko, who has put together the protocol, which involves uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, and the use of zinc and an antibiotic, usually azithromycin, and also the work of two very prominent physicians, Dr. Harvey Risch, R-I-S-C-H. He's both an MD and a PhD. He's an epidemiologist on the faculty at Yale. And uh, George Fareed, F-A-R-E-E-D, he's an MD. Uh, he's practicing now in a poor area right on uh, the California border with Mexico. In his background, he is a Harvard Medical School graduate. He taught on the faculty at Harvard Medical School and the faculty of UCLA. And all three of these are producing research which shows the efficacy of using hydroxychloroquine in either early stage COVID-19, uh, hopefully out to keep, before someone enters the hospital, hopefully to keep them out of the hospital, or even prevention. And the research is quite compelling. So uh, we're launching here a major effort to confront the medical establishment that is defying, you know, does not want a basically a $20 generic medication that's been around for 75 years, but appears to really work worldwide against hydroxychloroquine. So the Dr. Fauci's and the NIH and the CDC and the FDA are preserving the ground for a big pharmacy solution or vaccine, which may or may not ever work, and are willing to have people die in the meantime. It's unconscionable. Uh, the fact that uh, people are dying when they could be treated here. I saw Dr. Reish interviewed by Laura Ingram on Fox. This is something that is well known. I believe that uh, there's some evidence that people in the front lines of the medical establishment, people in the trenches, so to speak, are taking hydroxychloroquine. It has been used successfully in Spain, in France, in Israel, in Britain, uh, you know, and in other countries, I think Taiwan. And, and yet there continues to be this very, very suspicious uh, ban on even mentioning hydroxychloroquine. You could get taken off of YouTube for mentioning hydroxychloroquine. Well, and, we, uh, yeah. Yeah. we have a program at Corsi Nation, a tele-MD program, and we're not selling drugs, but you get a, you, you're getting an interview 
with an MD who's licensed in your state who can pre pre prescribe hydroxychloroquine and zinc or including the antibiotic if you need it, even for prevention. And we have a pharmacy, the program that can legally fulfill that prescription of hydroxychloroquine for COVID and mail the prescription to you. It's increasing demand. And the problem is, you know, the uh, there, uh, this whole idea that there's a heart problem, this QT interval with hydroxychloroquine is, is really uh, pathetic. We've got many interviews, including with cardiologists on the Corsi Nation website, where the doctors are saying that the FDA does not put out these similar uh, alerts for uh, hydroxychloroquine, which is widely prescribed for lupus, for rheumatoid arthritis, for malaria, uh, literally you know, hundreds of millions of prescriptions of this have been written over 70 years. And it's rare that anyone has this heart problem. Uh, and the, the FDA still allows it to be a off-label medication for COVID. But see, the problem is the CDC and the NIH are not really government agencies. They're quasi-government agencies. They have public-private partnerships with big pharmacy they're a 501c3 foundation. They get money from the Gates Foundation and others. And the doctors like Fauci take uh, their research on disease elements and they get patents on treatments. And under the Bayh-Dole Act, which goes back about 30 years when Bob Dole was in the Senate, uh, they, uh, Fauci and others working, other doctors working for the government agencies get money on these patents when big pharmacy produces a medication that uses their patents to treat a disease. And the patents that Fauci has on this glycoprotein 120 in the spike protein of the HIV-1 pathogen, AIDS disease, is also in the uh, COVID-19 disease. So it's very likely he could get paid if big pharmacy comes up with the vaccine or treatments like this remdesivir I'm not sure he's getting any money on remdesivir, but it's that money aspect of control of big pharmacy. And what I'm saying, and we're organizing these doctors now are gonna be doing a media campaign, a media blitz, but the American people know that uh, our government doctors will let you die rather than get you hydroxychloroquine and zinc and the consequences in this low dosage that you need to take for preventative or for dealing with COVID are so low. You know, if, they, if they're scaring you that you're gonna have a heart problem and you know, doctors are being brought before the board and pharmacies could lose their licenses, this is absolutely disgraceful. And I'm accusing- It's, it's really malpractice is what it is. It, it's a crime against humanity. Uh, clearly, and hydroxychloroquine is very inexpensive. It's twenty dollars for a two-week uh, regimen of it, and uh, yeah, there's no big money in it for big pharma. Uh, the uh, hydroxychloroquine itself was invented and extracted from chloroquine, which had some dangerous elements, and and done so so that it would be a safer drug. Now, President Trump announced yesterday that the federal government has signed a contract with Merck Industries for 200 million doses of what they believe is going to be an effective vaccine. Um, do you know anything about that, Dr. Corsi? Well, the, these are vaccines that are, are a little bit different in design. Some of them are trying to re, you know, redesign your RNA, redoing fundamental human chemistry. Uh, others are producing 
uh, antibodies, but are not necessarily producing an immune response. The, the, the contracts that President Trump let out from the federal government are only if these vaccines pass the trials. Right. And, and the trials are now ongoing. They won't be ready until the end of the year. And I'm saying that I'm saying the COVID-20, much more serious disease, which I've been describing uh, in an ebook again, another ebook on my website, CourseyNation.com, uh, will be. It's. I think it, the intelligence agencies are telling me it's already been released in Kazakhstan, where a new deadly disease, COVID, is being uh, reported. Even the World Health Organization, which I don't particularly trust given its association with China, the World Health Organization has alerted the world that the, this new disease in Kazakhstan is being misdiagnosed as a pneumonia, but it is really a new form of COVID. And it has, for instance, like 2,600 children have been reported ill under six years of age, not dead yet, but ill from this new disease. That, that's clearly a new disease because COVID-19 is not hitting the, the young in the United States or around the world. And if a new disease hits, I'm saying my, what I'm designing or told is in this disease. I mean, you can see it in this ebook, which is a combined uh, uh, HIV-1 type attack on your immune system, at the same time attacking your cardiac system where the blood will not, hemoglobin will not absorb the oxygen in your lungs, I'm saying this could kill one out of four people and including very healthy people. And the only thing the doctors are saying will prevent it from doing so is uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc in early stages or to prevent the disease from for, prevent you from catching it. That's why we've ramped up this free ebook on hydroxychloroquine. It's why we've ramped up a media campaign by doctors, including Dr. Rish, whose credentials are impeccable. And I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of us arguing in public that the government doctors like Fauci are trying to kill you for their profit motive with Big Farm. When you say that this new disease, this COVID-20, is being released in Kazakhstan, what do you mean released? Is it something that is um, coming out of some kind of a lab here, or is it just simply something that's uh, occurring? I'm confident, and I... Uh, present the evidence in this book on COVID-20 that um, the current COVID-19 was lab created in Wuhan. There's a similar bio lab in Kazakhstan and all the intelligence I've gotten are saying it's coming out of Kazakhstan's lab and it is again bioengineered. It's a weapon, a weaponized virus. And uh, if it hits the United States in September, it's going to cause absolute chaos. As we're already conditioned well, we, going we, to a I lockdown. Mean, why aren't uh, the alarms being set off about this? I mean, this is a, literally an invasion in the worst sense of the American people. Well, again, look at what happened in Wuhan. I mean, the uh, disease was being reported. I was watching it in December yes. 2019. And in January, it was clear that the, uh, the disease, COVID-19 in Wuhan, China, was ravaging China. They were going into lockdowns. There were massive numbers of deaths. But the United States was still in the middle. We just finished the, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Right. And they were too busy with that. And in fact, Ukraine and yeah, the, and, and the 
the Senate impeachment trial in February. It wasn't until the Senate impeachment trial failed that the, the left decided that they would roll out this uh, attack on President Trump with the virus. And suddenly, once a, no one was talking anymore about impeachment in the, um, in the Senate, there were all those Adam Schiff and all the hearings and on Ukraine. It's hard to even remember it now. Yes. There's COVID, COVID, COVID. It's just another attack on Trump. And I've, you know, yeah. I've been writing that e-books. That like, and race conflict. Um, yes. The, uh, Dr. Corsi, then, um, I was, speaking of which, I wanted to ask you about, because I've heard you make comments in the past that you have strong reservations and suspicions with regard to the work of Attorney General Barr to, in terms of investigating and, and uncovering this conspiracy to uh, this coup attempt, really, against the uh, Trump administration, the spying on President Trump, and his special prosecutor, uh, John Durham. Uh, I've heard, I keep hearing rumors and I keep hearing rumblings that, you know, it's about to happen. He's about to finally release indictments. He's about to, uh, people are going to be uh, publicly charged. What, what's, do you have any information about that? What's going on at this point? Well, I mean, what I'm hearing, and it, of course, I, I've been concerned because we keep hearing that Durham is making investigations and, you know, that there's going to be breakthroughs, there's going to be indictments. But, you know, we heard the trust sessions and then there were going to be all these sealed indictments. This was going on about two years ago. Uh, I think Barr wants to protect the institution of the Justice Department. And, you know, he has not fired the prosecutors from uh, the Mueller investigation. Uh, Aaron Zelinsky, who went after me, is still there. I refuse to take their plea deal. I think uh, the prosecutors who went after me should be investigated for crimes they committed as prosecutorial misconduct, suborning perjury, as they did with General Flynn. They put a gun to General Flynn's head and his son's head and said, we'll pull the trigger if you don't sign here on this mm -hmm. plea deal. That's, that's criminal behavior on the part of the prosecutors. Uh, I think that, uh, first of all, Acting Attorney General Grinnell started releasing information that put the pressure on uh, Barr that he can't just sit there. And Barr has even made statements like he'd like to wait until after the election to bring indictments. Well, if Joe Biden wins, there'll never be any indictments. Of course. And so uh, more information is being released now by our Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe. And we got some even recently, you know, with new information that this New York Times article in January 2017 about all the supposed contacts between the Trump administration and high-level Russian officials, Pulitzer Prizes were won on that article. And now we have uh, Peter Strzok's notes. He's from, you know, one of the two lovers yes. that was mm -hmm. going. And, and it's clear that the FBI and the Department of Justice knew that there was no Russian collusion going on with Trump's campaign. And the information of the Steele dossier was disinformation that Putin had provided in order to make sure that Donald Trump, if he did win, would be indicted. I, mean, I think Putin's plan was there was enough information on Hillary that if she won, she could have been indicted over any number of things, including her email server and the, you know, the misuse of classified information or uranium one. Uh, I think Putin would have been happy to see Obama continue in office for a couple more years 
pretty clear that Obama, who told Medvedev will be much more flexible in our second term, tell that to Vladimir. Uh, Obama is the one who looks to me like he was the Russian agent. But the point is, uh, when this new information comes out, the American public, I think, is getting uh, demanding that there be justice here, especially when we see General Flynn get prolonged by this Judge Sullivan, who thinks that he can sentence justice, uh, judge, uh, I'm sorry, he can sentence General Flynn, even when the Department of Justice has withdrawn the criminal charges. Unprecedented. It's, in, it's insane. Yeah. But uh, I think the American people now are realizing that what we do have is a globalist deep state in the bureaucracy that now controls. The Democrats are a Democrat socialist party. They're a Maoist party for all intents and purposes. And they're out in the open. Now, the what you're seeing in Portland, Oregon, with the burning and the riots every night, in Chicago with the shootings and the murders and the withdrawal of the police, these Democratic-controlled states and cities are already in rebellion. Uh, they will and not. And there may be a. Re I mean, hopefully, there may be a backlash against that in the election. I don't know, but but we. What I'm also seeing is that President Trump's FBI under Ray is slow walking all of these documents. They're not investigating. It took Judicial Watch nine months to get a release of the of the Peter Strzok conversations. And even then, they were heavily redacted for some reason without explaining why. And what the heck is going on with that? I mean, how, you know, how corrupt is that? It's extreme. See, the, you, you've got to realize, I think Trump does realize it now that the entire bureaucracy is globalist. They're, they're been packed by Obama with leftists, many of the Muslim Brotherhood, including in the CIA, the Department of Justice. Uh, they you know, took away during Obama's administration the definition of radical Islamic terrorism. It couldn't be, if it was you know, Islamic, it couldn't be radical Islamic right. terrorism. Under those Brennan, were, that's under right. Under Brennan, yeah, they weren't, those weren't Muslims. You know, I mean, give me a break. And so finally, you see the EPA, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, the IRS, still not giving they're not investigating the Clinton Foundation or Black Lives Matter, which even New York has said cease and desist because it's not a foundation. It's not even registered as a corporation in California. Very corrupt. It's kind of a, a continuation of ACORN, actually. Yeah, and what you've got is the bureaucracy is so leftist, on the like the universities. You know, we've allowed these this anti-American, really communist, Maoist in particular, you know, three lesbian women who founded Black Lives Matter are avowed Marxists. And openly oh. so, and have said so in interviews. Yeah, and, you know, Trevor Loudon is right. These are uh, the Maoist organizations, and, and Soros has funded them. Now they've extorted corporations. If you, you know, don't go along with putting a knee to Black Lives Matter and demonizing the white race, we're going to trash your brand. And so Nike. So you shake down, and, and companies are, uh, who don't want controversy, they don't want boycotts, they're just willing to capitulate and buckle under to this shakedown, this extortion, basically. It's a racket. And they use the idea of, you know, this is about racial justice. Well, this is not a civil rights movement. They, you know, they, you, to no, they follow... cared about racial justice. They care about the fact that black neighborhoods are being burned down across the country, black businesses are being looted, black people are being killed. 
You know, they care about the fact that in Chicago, there was over 100 people killed in one weekend, five of whom were children, most of whom were black. They don't care about black people. Black lives only matter when they've got an, uh, an issue they can use for revolution. Right. That's and it. Then, exactly. That's it has it. nothing to do with black lives. It has to do no. with Marxist revolutionaries. And that's exactly what this is. This is like 1848 in Europe. It's an uprising in the big cities and the mayors and the governors in those states are, this is why they're doing nothing. They, it's not that they can't do anything, it's that they won't do anything. So they're trying to create a, an agitation that will cause the federal government to come in with military personnel. And in that regard, President Trump has actually been pretty restrained. I mean, even Obama called out the, the feds at Ferguson. I mean, this is something that's entirely appropriate. It's, it's an insurrection. And uh, President Trump's been very restrained, actually, in his response. What say you? Well, I, I think it's, you know, this is a replay. You see the, the model here was tried out in the Arab Spring. You know, the same thing, prolonged protests in the Tahir Square in, in Egypt. Uh, the same thing in Maidan, the, the square in Kiev, and the overthrow of the government in 2014. Again, Soros and the State Department architected that. And what you saw in the end, of, when they did in Maidan, they even had snipe, you know, sharpshooters, snipers, kill about 50 of the protesters. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the military come in, and now you've got the optics of military, and it led to the overthrow of the government, because part of the escalation of violence is, is in the playbook of these revolutionaries to demonstrate the oppression of the state. And uh, if... What I'm concerned about, too, is that the playbook is to get ever more violent, and the violence will not only be destruction of property, but even attacks on whites. You begin to see some of that with this couple who Mm -hmm. are now indicted in Missouri for using weapons to protect their home. property. And Uh, that the woman, the uh, DA over there, was a Soros-backed person, and that this is, it has all the markings of something that's very planned. Now, President Trump is responding by sending plain clothes to the federal people. And I think that, I mean, my sense is that that might backfire because it makes it look like, you know, like a military, um, you know, extra legal involvement. Um, what do you think should be done? I mean, what is the appropriate response by the federal government to this insurrection? Well, I think President Trump is now starting decisions that were just made to send in another round of federal law enforcement. And I think they're gonna be identified as federal law enforcement. There are legitimate interests to protect federal property. And I believe that they, uh, the key is just like in the statue toppings, once the protesters, no, they're not protesters, once these anarchists, the revolutionaries realized they were gonna be photographed and arrested and faced 10 years in prison uh, the statues quit coming down with the same rapidity. Yeah, I think the same thing is to now uh, go out and arrest under federal law a thousand or two thousand of these anarchists and make them face criminal liabilities that are serious, and you'll begin to have an impact, which inv- involves photographing them, identifying them, and and active law enforcement work. What what you don't want is you don't want a a police force or military force coming in and engaging in a riot with the protesters 
because then you've got the optics and you've got the situation where, you know, the, the mainstream media will make Trump and the military look like they're the oppressors. Right, exactly. And that's what I think they're going to do. And if you bring in people, it's going to be like the Palmer raids of 1920 when Attorney General A. Mitchell Palmer picked up 3,000 anarchists after they had engaged in bombings of federal agents and federal properties uh, across the country all in one day, June 6, 1920. And he deported them within a week or two. Um, you know, but uh, you know, it goes down in history as something infamous, but in fact, it broke the back of that whole movement for almost a generation. I don't know if this is what can be done now, but uh, it's going to get a very big and very nasty portrayal in the mainstream media. I mean, it's it already it's obvious the case because they're already portraying everything Trump does as somehow evil. It's going to play right into their narrative. Yeah, the mainstream media is part of the revolution. Right. And they've joined on ideologically. Uh, the, the left in the United States has come into this ideological grip of Maoism. They're, they've created the, this blue pill reality in which it, truth doesn't matter. It's, it's you know, the, uh, they want people to put Black Lives Matters uh, signs on their lawns because they uh, want to indicate that no one wants racial injustice. Well, no one wants racial injustice, but the problem is you got to wake up to the fact that you're being manipulated on this in order to destroy freedom and that these people are totalitarian. Uh, fortunately, I think uh, the average American is getting to see that the Democrats are running their 2020 presidential campaign in the streets of Portland, Oregon. This is what America is going to look like if they win. This is not going to stop. Right. It, could, it could also uh, play out in favor President Trump, as, as the 1920 uh, Palmer raids played out in favor of, of, of Massachusetts Governor um, Calvin Coolidge, who busted the communist-inspired police strike and said, look, we're going to get back to business here. And he was propelled into the presidency. And it ended this whole rotten leftist movement at that time. It didn't show its head again until the 1960s. So, right. you know, it depends on how it's played. All, all these things are consistent. If we win the hydroxychloroquine debate, we're going to be shining the light on the corruption of Fauci, Burks, Redfield, this mafia that controls the government, uh, government medical establishment in favor of big pharma, you mm -hmm. know, money, money, money. Uh, if we are able to break the back of Black, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, where people realize this will come to the suburbs, to come to their front lawns. This is not the America we want to live in. And they reject this. And we begin to get effective law enforcement that begins to round these people up and say to the Democrats, you know, the Democratic mayor in uh, Portland wades into the riot to participate in the riot. And the riot turns on him because he's not radical enough for them. That's right. His house gets looted. You can't so be radical enough for these people. They want their, they're out of their minds with this radicalism. Well, hopefully, uh, as has been the case, they'll overplay their hand and the, the American people will see it in all of its ugliness. Uh, Dr. Corsi, let my listeners and viewers know where they can uh, reach you, where they can read your excellent articles and books. Uh, black, uh, everything is on, all the Black Lives Matter uh, and Antifa, everything I'm, I'm doing is on CorsiNation.com, C-O-R-S-I, CorsiNation.com. Now, there's hours and hours of videos that are free. Uh, the hydroxychloroquine 
ebook that we just released is free. Just fill in your name and the, and the form. You'll see it on the homepage and we'll uh, email the ebook to you. Uh, my other books are ebooks that are for sale uh, that we've you know, written and they are the, my current, I've also got my entire library of authors copies I'm signing and are for sale in the bookstore and some donations for, you know, we're, I'm signing our coup d'etat, my current book and silent no more for a donation. And we've got different ways to donate and I'm sending out books for the donation. So there's lots of ways to contribute and people who do contribute will keep us going. And I think we are uh, continuing the fight here for uh, the, the constitution, for God. We, I don't want to see a godless state. A godless state in the United States of America, we'll, we will lose a godless state. Exactly, as, as, as is the case historically. So yeah, I mean, we, we should all be on the same side on that. Jerry Corsi, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Always my great pleasure, Charles. Enjoy it too, and thank you. And please um, stop by and see CorsiNation.com. Will do. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Thank you.